Hello, this is Brent Weeks, author of the Night Angel Trilogy. Welcome to the Legendarium. Is there, you look like you have something else you wanted to bring up. Do you want me to wait? I had the start. I had the start of a thought, and I, I'm because <laughs> I'm jumping to people. And that's, and that's all we really expect from you, right? Yeah, that's that's how I that's how I roll. I start the thought, and then I just meander until it stops or I stop talking. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to episode 230 of the Legendarium Podcast. This is our final uh, Night Angel episode. This is Beyond the Shadow, uh, book three of Night Angel. This is our episode two on that book. So I am Craig Hanks, your host. Um, and over there, he's uh, Ryan. Ryan, uh, you're callous and unfeeling, the <laughs> obvious side effect of burying your feelings under layers of community theater for so many years. Wow, that was—I wasn't sure where that was going. I really at first. thought Ryan was the insult, like just Ryan. <laughs> I could leave it there. <laughs> and you're Stephanie. Uh, let's. Uh, what do I want to say? Uh, Stephanie, you are so hideous. You make small children weep and hide. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm just kind. Of, like, this, the, you, this is obviously. I feel like these weren't prepared quite as well. As, <laughs> these were not prepared quite as well. I mean the the callous side of calling me out on that you know that that you've had for years so. <laughs> uh, i tried to pick something that was so obviously false for both of you that it would be an okay insult i make um, adults cry on occasion but not usually small children no of of the of the two of us between me and ryan of course we've known each other for literally decades now um i am easily the more callous of the two that's this is indisputable I'm not going to argue. <laughs> yeah, I said indisputable. There shall be no disputations. Mm-hmm. Um, my word. This is <laughs> this not is a therapy well. session already. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I think literally, I think we all just forgot that the microphones were on. <laughs> <laughs> I think we forgot that this episode was going. Uh, so today we're talking about Night Angel number three, uh, Beyond the Shadow. But before we do, make sure you go to patreon.com slash legendarium where you can go support the show. If you want to support us, and get a little something more for it, then go to thelegendariumpodcast.com and check out our storefront there. If you want a little bit of legendary merchandise, you can get that there. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Thelegendarium.reddit.com to join the conversation. We will bring up in this episode some Reddit uh, discussion points that were brought up several weeks ago. Uh, So thanks everybody for sending those in. I think... Is there anything else that we want to go over before we uh, before we do this? Nah, let's get into this, let's get into talking. Um, Ryan, do you want to get us started on our discussion here, or do you want me to do it? Since uh, since you're, I mean, you're really good at it. It went I, so well last time. I know that's oh, well. The thing is, I, it's not like I have anything to brag about. It. I forgot that we were recording an episode. For sixty seconds there at the top, so um, yeah, so I have I have no room. It's it's the difference of being prepared and you know drywalling for two days. So um, go ahead. <laughs> well, well, when we left off, what were we talking about? In our last discussion, we were talking about um, was the it price v- of Kylar's immortality was the last thing that we yes. talked about. So tell me a little bit, re- refresh my memory of what goes on there. The price of Kylar's immortality. So he's he's now the night angel. If he dies, he's going to come back to life. Pretty sweet deal. Um, 
up until this, he finds out. Right. Up until this point, it's just been, he gets sent back by the wolf. He goes through the doorway, whatever. Um, and, and the wolf is pissed. Yeah. He, like, why, why are you such a dick? Yes. He absolutely, basically like he hates Kylar because he keeps doing it. You know, he, uh, he took many, yeah, he took money for a death. Um, he throws it, he, he becomes very cal, uh, very quick to just throw himself into danger. And, uh, the wolf really at one point, like just doesn't even want to see him anymore. Just get out. Um, so finally he tells Kylar the price is someone that you love, uh, their life in exchange for yours. Every time you go back and lays out who has been sacrificed thus far. And we go back through his story and you realize that his two uh, sister characters, even though they're not his sisters. The adoptive sisters. Yeah. From the Drakes. Yeah, the Drakes. Both of those were sacrificed in one. Um, oh, shoot. Oh, what's his name? His best friend. Yes. That's going <sighs> to... The new Sakage head. Yeah. Yes. Him. Someone's going to yell. Ooh, somebody's going somebody's gonna to get real pissed on, on uh, Reddit here. Yeah. Look it up really quick. Um, Stephanie, do you want to effort that or you, do you want me to do it? I'll do it. I don't have anything to look it up. Okay, on. I'm on it. Go on, Ryan. But uh, he gets sacrificed. Uh, he's one of the sacrifices. And then um, on his last death, the the wolf turns to him and he, realizing that Kyler hasn't known this, kind of apologizes to him and says, "Kyler, I'm sorry. I, I, you didn't. I, I thought you knew. Um, but the next death is Aline. Like that's the one. And I think that sequence." not only validates the you know validates the deaths of those characters a lot um it gives stakes to his immortality but um at the it, it also uh gives us a new level of uh, of humanity and emotional connection to kylar and aline's relationship which up to this point like as we've talked about we haven't been overly we haven't overly loved Jarl. their relationship Jarl! Jarl. sorry i found it literally at the that exact moment yes jarl <laughs> thank you um, I was literally writing a character name of like reminding myself of character names, knowing we would have to reference them, and I hadn't. <laughs> and then they autocorrect all of them, so it wasn't helpful at all. Yeah. So that one would have been Carl, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah. For trying to write these names in your phone is not the easiest thing. No. Um, but anyway, emotional connection, uh, uh, and it gives also it puts a timer on Aline, which I think is interesting because the wolf says, "All I can do is delay it. Like I can't. I you, there is no way out of this because most of the time you're looking for like." A character like Kyler would look for a way out of this. How can I break the spell? And that's what he does. That's why he, you know, wants to know about Kirok. That's why, you know, if, if he gets killed by Kirok, will that end the magic before Aline dies? Um, and uh, so, I I appreciated the heightening stakes that came from that sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why I liked it, and uh, why I was going to bring this up at some point was he's got this. Uh, you know, Brent Weeks writes in this mechanism whereby his main character gets brought back to life every time he dies well that's like a video game where you have infinite lives <laughs> there are no stakes there's nothing pushing you to be careful um, as you say you know he's selling his deaths he's kind of being careless on the road and that sort of thing um, and so when it, so, it, so it was narratively necessary it was absolutely vital that he introduced something to say, like, no, 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 it, it matters whether he dies. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, he's going to come back to life, but that doesn't mean that he gets off scot free. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I thought it was a, a really, it was a simple and elegant way. I think um, Andy kind of said that last time, right? Like, this is a, a very simple way to explain 
this portion of the magic. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about some of the other magic. Uh, but this one, very easy to understand. It's one for one, uh, a life for a life. And that's all that, you know, he doesn't go into the mechanism of that necessarily. Uh, but we understand the stakes really, really easily. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So what else do we want to get into? I uh, We talked last time about the torture. So let's please leave that behind. Um, uh, let me throw this out there because we haven't talked about this character pretty much at all. Um, and I don't know if that's because we can't connect to him or anything, but Lantano Garawashi. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So I have a coworker, a friend at work who... Uh, he picked up Night Angel and was reading it as well uh, recently, and he really liked book one. You know, he he's like, you know, he liked book two. There was, uh, and when the character of Lantano Garawashi came in, everything. This he's a big, uh, he's got a big connection to Japan. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, is this friend of yours really into, uh, um, you know, comics and yeah? You know, what what am I trying? No, to, anime no, and all no, that? he's not. No, he's not okay. at all. Um, but he he has he does have a connection to the Japanese uh, culture and history and things like okay. that. He's not, but that's uh, he has that connection. And um, he came to me and he was you know he wanted to talk about. It. He's like, yeah, I just hate that Lantano Garawashi is just a samurai. Like that's he's that's all he is. Like come on, uh, I was like, I, and it really surprised me at first. Huh. It's kind of like because when I read him, I, I recognized the sim. You know, like yeah. This is based off of the samurai code, and uh, this is uh, this. It's definitely pulled from here. But to him, he felt like uh, there wasn't much variation from the actual like set. Like it wasn't so like putting it, your own it spin wasn't. It wasn't based on. It was ripped off of. Yeah, that's the. And to me, like I wouldn't know. I I yeah. I I'm wouldn't not familiar know enough. Exactly. I wouldn't know enough about it to call that out or to be bothered by it. But and so I wonder also like without that connection. It, do you care about this character, like uh, Lantano Garawashi? Do you care? Do you remember much about what about him and what he does? I remember about him, but I <laughs> don't really care about him. Like I'm, I, I remember I, that he has a dope name, he's, and it's it really rolls off the tongue. Lantano Garawashi, great name. Mm -hmm. That's about it. He's one that just kind of came out of nowhere and just showed up. Um, got an awesome sword. Until he lost said awesome sword. <laughs> and now he has fake awesome sword. Like, and that's all just to save his life. Like, because he's ready to commit suicide because he lost his sword. Like, I don't. I feel I don't, like, I feel like there's some sort of Freudian analogy in there somewhere. <laughs> but he's like, if they wrote all of this without his storyline, I don't know if it would be. If there, I would feel like there's a hole or that something that is missing in the story mm -hmm. if he wasn't there, because I'm not really sure. Yeah, is uh, maybe I'm not remembering something ginormous he did. Well, that, this this goes back to something that you brought up in the last episode, which or on the last Night Angel episode, uh, which was that these books got really big and tough to keep track of. Yeah, right? and this plays really well into that. Like Lantano Garawashi, I feel like is a great character potentially mm -hmm. um but we just don't get much with him there it's not like he's not in a lot of scenes he's in a lot of scenes but 
Um, there's not. Am I explaining this right? Of course not. But this this feeling like th this attempt to explain thing here is is kind of my point about the character because I agree. I think he's a great character. I don't want it to sound like I think he's a stupid character and you shouldn't have written him. He's a great character, but his purpose through most of this is to carry Kurok. Right. Like that's that's kind of what his storyline becomes is that he's you know Kur his even though he has the fake one. Like his job is to bring Kurok to that final event, so they have the most powerful sword, uh, so they can, you know, connect that with uh, the staff of uh, judgment. Or crap, this is another moment people are going. I can I can go effort that in just a second. Um, like that, and that's what first, like I feel like I can't think of a plot point that hinges upon him doing something important or big. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember. Even in that last battle, other than like. Could he have written this entire Eurus. story without him? Eurus. Eurus, yeah. It's Eurus, but it's the... Sta the oh, it has uh, another... another. But like The staff of law. Law, thank you. Okay, sorry, Stephanie, go on. But and I, I agree with you, Ryan, that I don't think he's a bad character. I don't think he's poorly written. I don't have a problem with his character. I have a problem with his character in the story. Like, how, how he's deployed go write another book about him because he's interesting and i would love to know how he got from his his poor means of peasant or whatever to being the best swordsman ever yeah 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 like i would love to know that there's but... it, there's a classic um <laughs> anybody who's been listening for a long time knows that i love the mr plinkett reviews of the uh, star wars prequels and there's a classic moment from the first Mr. Plinkett review of, um, of uh, uh, what's episode one called? Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> when uh, yeah, he goes and asks his buddies, uh, he goes to like four or five different people and asks them to describe the characters in The Phantom Menace without referencing their job or their clothes. Uh, and nobody can do it, you know, because the characters are kind of they're shallow in that movie it's not really about mm -hmm. the characters right um and so you have shallow characterization you know who, who is Qui-Gon Jinn uh he's a guy and you get you get uh, indications that he might be a kind of interesting guy but we don't get to explore any of that kind of like what yeah. you're talking about here right I, I feel like we kind of get the same feeling here where it's like yeah Lantano Garawashi is really interesting what glimpses I get of him I well, would like more glimpses, please. And that's what I wish Brent Weeks had done with this series, is he has so many characters that I wish that he had taken the time <clears throat> to lengthen this out of a trilogy. Start off with Kyler's, Kylar's <sighs> story and where Kylar starts off with. Give us a little bit more of Dorian's history and maybe find out what he actually went through and how he met up with um, Solon and Fier. Am I remembering? Nice. Mm -hmm. Um give us some backstory of how he actually left the God King and what he did. Give us the backstory and then slowly start bringing all of these characters together. And then you write your final book of this big, huge battle of what they've done instead of trying to shove 120 characters with all interesting storylines yeah. into one. I can see the I can see the idea because the way you're saying that kind of reminds me actually a little bit of Tolkien, obviously. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, no, but the thing that people have marveled at for a couple generations now is how 
when you read the Lord of the Rings, you're reading a story, but they're constantly referencing these legends and uh, you know myths from elder days. And so by doing that, they kind of give you this, uh, this hint at a backdrop against which this story is happening. Um, and so I wonder if there's a, a similar effort at play here where it's like, I'm giving you this character and I'm hinting at this backstory. Uh, you know, Dorian had to flee the God King's uh, household and uh, boy, was that a crazy story, <laughs> but let's go on with this one. And it's, and it, in a way it's kind of supposed to make you feel like, oh, that, that character's so interesting. I, I, I wish I knew more about it, just like yeah. we're talking about here. But, but for some people that's going to come off as unsatisfying for others. They're going to love it. Right. Yeah. Um, but for you, it's not, not so satisfying. <laughs> it just, cause I do, I, I really enjoyed getting to know a lot of these characters. Um, but the thing that I'm missing is where they came from to make the decisions they're making. And I was like, okay, that like, and that's where I got confused is wanting to know, okay, well, what happened in your life? What happened at this time period that made you now react to what's going on in this story this way? What's my motivation? <laughs> and I think, well, I, I would, let me throw this out here. I think that there's more of that in the story than you remember, uh, and you would catch on subsequent reads. But on a first read through, I 100% understand why that's the case, because uh, Dorian spends time talking to Janine, um, about his time when he was with the God King and explaining how things ran and how they, the things that they were like, you get a chance to see and get a, and get that glimpse. It's not a full narrative. Well, piece. I understand that he killed his mother and like, yeah, having to do all those things. Um, but I think that this speaks really well to, I, I would say Brent weeks as a world builder on the whole. Um, because you, uh, when you finished the book, Craig, you messaged me, uh, and you made the comment that it was, uh, you said, you know, yeah, by the time I got to the end of this, I was all in on the world and on the magic. And like, I, I think this, you know, that was, uh, there was a lot there and I would, and to me that was looking at that and going, okay, you know, there's, there's more to this piece that you could explore in other writings. Um, and I think that Brent Weeks has done a very good job in building himself a sandbox to play in with this. And we touched on this in the first episode, in the first episode a bit. Um, so, so are you yeah. saying that there? Like it, it's like a sandbox full of Chekhov's guns. Like his his entire <laughs> his entire Chekhov. his entire armory has been thrown into the sandbox, and a few of those weapons get fired, uh, but we don't necessarily get to see all of them go off. I, I don't necessarily know that it'd be full of Chekhov's guns, but yes, that that <laughs> sort of concept. Um, where he's saying, you know, like with Lantano Garawashi. I'm a great father, by the way. Yeah, I don't want to say my kid is never coming over to play here. <laughs> um. But with like Lantano Garawashi, where he might be just saying, you know, this is something for another time. Like, here's this, you know, this character. Um, I'm going to put it in here because this is important to me to be as part of the world, but not as part of this. It doesn't have to be the main plot point of this story. Right. So, but the fact that you are interested and that everything does work, um, you know, with Dorian, with uh, Logan, with uh, Lantano and, and Kylar and everyone. Like it's by the time you're done and you look back, you go, yeah, this is a full fledged world that we're dealing oh, with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and to that end, I want to talk about something else. Um, the Wheel of Time. Okay. Let's talk about the Wheel of Time. 
So anyone who hasn't read it, spoilers? Um, no, not okay. really. Not really. I'm I what I want to talk about is the similarities here. Okay. I mean, you saw it, right? You you noticed this? Oh oh yes. I believe we call like as soon as Kylar became bonded to Oh, did we Vi, talk about it in, we in number like, two? I was like someone one of the Reddit brought it up about there was a discussion about it. Well, I think I, I, yeah. I think during the episode I said that he became her warder, like to, when we talked about that event. Yeah. Like, okay. Now I'm I'm remembering you guys. It's been so long. And Vi since becomes an Aes Sedai. Yeah. yeah. I was like someone commented uh, about sorry, the Aes Sedai. I'm sorry. I got really sick. <laughs> what? I said I'm sorry. I got really sick. Yeah. So you did get remember. really sick. That's true. Um. Yeah. So it has been a while. I apologize. Um. But uh, so we talked about how there were kind of echoes in book two. And somebody, I can't remember if it was you or maybe somebody on Reddit, somebody was saying like, oh, just wait, Mm -hmm. just you wait. And then in book three, it's holy crap. There is so much wheel of time happening right now. Mm -hmm. It's like fan fiction. Um, They they go to the White Tower. She's put in novice robes. They're disciplined harshly. They're organized in kind of a similar fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's, it's all very very wheel of timey it feel i i do feel like night angel could be a story like you talked you know you kind of joked fan fiction or whatever but you, you know pick a, a section of the wheel of times map that we didn't spend much time in right. with rand and everything and this could be happening there right yeah where exactly it's yeah okay i see what you're saying anyway i i as i was reading it i was having a very curious reaction to it because i was recognizing it um I was I was shocked at how much <clears throat> homage there was to the Wheel of Time, but at the same time, like I was expecting myself to get more upset about it than I did. Mm-hmm. I and I don't know if this was just the the mood I was in at the time or what, um, but it didn't really bother me the way that I would expect that it would. If and, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see. I, I wonder if some of that could be due to the fact that this it became more prevalent in book three. You can so it doesn't feel like a ripoff. Like you're taking the story, you're taking an existing story and just you know tweaking a little bit and writing your own off of it. He created this world and these characters, and you've followed them for a, you know two books here, and now we're starting to see these parallels further in. But it's been earned because we already know that the the originality exists before we got to that point if that makes sense yeah 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 uh, but it, it even goes to things like um there's a country called alatera um which I, all i could hear was altara uh-huh uh, from from randland i can i honestly could probably tell you like maybe three or four countries in from wheel of wheel time, time. Right, really? yeah, right now that's so that's so fascinating to me because um i feel like of the two of us you have a much better long-term memory for all these books, all these series that we read, uh, but for some reason, the Wheel of Time, I like it. it really, it has stuck. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Ah, that's good. Um, and uh, not just. I mean, I I like a lot of the things that we read, but not all of them stick as well. That one really stuck. Um, Stephanie, you ought to read those. I tried. Oh. Maybe I'll try again one day. When did you try? Um. Was it? It was a few years ago that I started listening to book one, and I never got through book one. Okay. I was listening to it. I don't know if that makes a difference. Yeah, who knows? I'm sure a lot of people hop on Reddit and convince me and say you need to read these books and not listen to them. I don't know, but um, (laughs) you can listen to them. But I would say you need to be 
a trained audiobook listener. <laughs> it's a, well, and if you aren't one, you will be by the end. Yeah. Uh, well, I think okay. I had the same problem that I had with this one, where it was just it was hard to follow all of my characters listening to these. So. So, uh, but with with the Wheel of Time stuff, the part of the reason I was bringing that up wasn't just to say, "Oh my gosh, Wheel of Time stuff," but but it kind of fits in with what we're talking about, where I kind of felt like. I, obviously, there there's no way that Brent Weeks and I I didn't ask him uh, when I talked to him I uh, just didn't even worry about stuff like this. Kurt's just name dropping again. That's true. I did. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, no, I I didn't ask him. I maybe I should have asked him. Like, hey, it was all this like Wheel of Time stuff, super intentional. I don't know. Uh, but there's so there's no way that this isn't an homage to the Wheel of Time. Um, if if it's not, then it's. <laughs> Then that is is a wild coincidence. Yeah. But I, I, so I feel like he's a huge fan of the Wheel of Time. He's got to be. And he's basically taken the entire concept of these 14 books full of all of these different countries, including ones like Altara that barely come up, right? And so you have all these countries and all these cultures and uh, all these characters and all these politics and everything. And it's 14 books long and it's kind of crammed into not just three books but kind of like a book and a half Mm -hmm. you know it's like the last half of book two and this one kind of takes this that's where we have the explosion of um of the world essentially the world building it goes from the kylar story into the story of mid cryu or mid kyru mid cryu yeah you were right well whatever it's called um and so I know that's what it is on the audiobooks, but I think it's spelled differently. So I, I never M I D C R Y U. Okay. Well that he remembers. Wow. Uh so anyway, <laughs> spelling but... me champ, fourth grade. <laughs> Actually, no, I went out on secretary. Dang it. Did you really? <laughs> I've always gone out on sorry, that's a bad way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> I've all, I've always dined out on secretary. I uh, there's like everyone has like three words that they can never spell right, and one of yeah, my yeah. mine are uh, secretary and exercise. I always have to nice. like Double check. <laughs> I was uh, I was bet five dollars in the seventh grade that I wouldn't go up and misspell the first word uh, on purpose, and uh, I was like, "That's an easy five bucks." Lasagna. L a s a n a g n e. Give me my five bucks. Uh, so, wow. Where were we? Okay. Anyway, so Wheel of Time. No. Anyway, I think it's just it's it reminds me of the point you were making earlier where. Uh, everything is kind of packed in so tightly that it's hard to keep track of. Like I, part of the reason that the wheel of time stuck for me, I think is that I had 14 books, 15 really to, to soak it all in Mm -hmm. and to understand it. And, you know, we talk about the, uh, the slog from books eight to 10 and the slog is real ladies and gentlemen. But one thing it does is it gives you time to marinate in the world and, and, and you really come to understand it and, feel like you're at home so uh in a book and a half you don't quite get that same harder to do that that same feeling yeah but but it's just as broad it's just as involved in the world building in a way so Mm -hmm. um okay let's should we should we go do some uh reddit comments sure is there you look like you have something else you wanted to bring up do you want me to wait i had the start i had the start of a thought and i'm (laughs) Because I'm jumping to people. And that's, and that's all we really expect from you, right? Yeah, that's that's how I that's how I roll. I start the thought and then I just meander until it stops or I stop talking. 
Um, because I'm, I'm bouncing to characters that we haven't really talked a lot about right now in my mind, and I'm jumping to Logan. Because um, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about Logan other than him smashing Kylar's limbs uh, in that sequence. Uh, his, uh, his role in this one is kind of interesting. Uh, he, he has to deal more with the... He becomes more of, of having to make choices about morality not in the whole... Um, and this one, this is this is how do I pun you know punishing Kylar correctly? You know, do I take over as king? Um, things like that. Uh, but there's also this. It's it's kind of hidden away at first, but when you go back and look at it, it's this bigger deal from book two on about him becoming the high king, like him becoming the. I think it's the term they use is high king. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And like his tattoo that is on his arm now, like the splatter from the dragon that they killed right. in the sewer, like. Uh, him becoming this this ruler over everything. Um, I don't know. I thought that for such an interesting character like uh, like Logan, that maybe his story arc in this was interesting, but maybe it maybe it got <laughs> subsumed by these bigger pieces. I don't remember. <laughs> so yes, he got taken over by all these other characters. Um, I really like. Like, Logan's probably one of my more favorite characters in the book. Um, and I wish I honestly could remember more about him because I feel like what he did was was a big deal. But I honestly, I just don't remember how he got from point A to point B. Like, I remember like his relationship with, with Kylar and the sacrifices he had to make when he, when Kylar committed treason and Logan had to take a stand and say... No, I'm. I can't allow you to get away with this, and the sacrifice he made by being there for Kylar. He could have easily said, "Go put him to death," and I'm going to walk away because I can't watch this. But he was there every minute, there watching his brother, for all, for lack of a better word, die because of his own choices and his struggle with power. Like when he was talking about. Um, the moment that he told Kylar to kill the guard and he enjoyed that power and in his struggle with the idea of power and what it could do to him because he knew that he liked it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that Logan's big story in this is the fact that he takes his army to go get Janine back as soon as he finds out. Like that's his main mm. drive in this that story. What's my motivation? Yeah, yeah. Your motivation's name is Janine. Yeah, to go get Janine back from Dorian, which is puts him and his army in position to be there for uh, the big deep battle against uh, Kali, um, which for such an epic and large uh, closing piece here, like we haven't touched that at all. Yeah, because I don't remember it. We 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 can. Um, we've got another. Yeah, we've got another twenty thirty minutes. So we've got a little time. Okay. Um, do you want to do that now, or do you? Let's do, you do it now, so that because we might get into a Reddit question and and, and go off. and burn the whole thing. And I feel like people will be irritated if we don't talk about the climax of the series as a whole. Okay, which one? But I'm you. <laughs> All right. Um. So in the sequence, uh, Kylar and Durzo go in and face Kali, uh, who has inhabited Aline's body. That was great. 
Thank you. That was that was great. No, no, not not you. I mean that scene oh, like, yes, where she okay. takes over Aline's body. I thought that was great. Yeah, um, which is interesting because uh, Aline, you find out later um, as Aline is or as Kylar is having to make the choice about killing Aline uh-huh. to kill Kali, uh, that she openly chose to allow Kali to take over her body and to put herself there to make Kylar be there in this moment. Like that was. It was her sacrifice, her way of being like, "Well, I'm going to die anyway, uh, because of the, uh, because of Kylar's blessing curse. Um, so I'm going to sacrifice myself and get him where he needs to be because otherwise he won't be there. He'll be trying to save. He'll do something stupid and try and like kill himself or do something to save me." Um, and I remember, I, I remember reading the conversation between her and Kylar um, in the moment when Kali has been subdued. Uh, she's been. Uh, Oh, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Kylar and Durzo pull a switch. Uh, they fake pretending. They pretend to be each other. So all of a sudden, Durzo gets killed, and you're like, "Oh no, Durzo's actually really dead this time." And then they're like, "Haha, no, it was Kylar." Um. <laughs> yeah, that I yeah, that was good. I I thought that scene. I, I look. I'm just reacting to what you're saying. I'm remembering the scene as it unfolded, and I really liked it. Yeah, I thought that was a good switcheroo. So Kylar uh, knocks. Uh, Kali out basically and Aline has a chance to talk to him and explains her that the one God has basically told her this is what your purpose is like your pur- I've, I've spared you from all this I've, I've done all this so that you can be here in this moment to hold Kali back long enough for Kylar to kill her um, and to protect this here and I remember I remember reading it and just starting to get teary and, and cry a bit uh, at knowing you know, the emotional connection that, that Kylar and Aline had had at this point, um, this, the level of sacrifice that she was showing, the fact that Kylar is going, has to be the one to do it. There's nobody, like, you can't hand this responsibility off to anybody else and have this series feel completed, the, done the right way. Like, oh, no, absolutely. It's, it's very poetic the way that uh, the wolf tells him there, there's another uh, Wheel of Time-ism the guy with the wolf eyes yeah anyway um the uh the wolf tells him that yeah it's this this last one was Eline. she's going to die thanks to your stupidity or mm-hmm. ignorance at least and you know, oh no you know, rend my garments and shed my tears and what am i going to do and uh, and so it was very poetic that he was the one who actually had to kill her mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought that was great i'm not saying that that would be great in real yeah. life. I'm just saying that was a, that was a great scene. That that sequence, that scene, and then the payoff in uh, as you finish off in the epilogues of of a couple things. Um, one, Dorian saving the child because she like she was pregnant, and Kylar knew she was pregnant. Um, saving Kylar's child by putting it in. Uh, Vi? No, Janine. 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 That's right. Because uh, Janine. Because Logan and her had oh, that conversation about yeah. raising. Yes. And but now and now Vi and she has Kylar, now. Vi is gonna raise or is Jenny gonna raise? Jenny's having twins now because she's pregnant with Dorian's baby, and, and now she's pregnant pregnant with Kylar, Kylar and Aline's. Aline's baby. That was all very confusing because Dorian had the vision or whatever of the twins, <laughs> right? And, but she doesn't know that it's Kylar's. Vi does, and Vi promises to protect the child. Gotcha. That's what that's what I was trying to think. And um, I was very appreciative. So thank you, Brent, Brent Weeks, if you. You know, if you're listening, <laughs> oh, um, please don't listen. <laughs> of 
finishing off the relationship of Vi and Kylar by just having her go over and hold his hand, um, not setting up like, hey, these two are, they're going to, like, their relationship is whatever you want it to be from here on going out. Yeah. But he didn't make it anything in this The story. love of you his can, life just died, can, and now they're going to, he's going to go. He can be with the hot one now. Yeah. yeah. If you want, you can ship them, stand them. What is it? I believe ship is the term the children are using. Okay. I do not. I look, I've been on Twitter for a while now, and I'm starting to learn that these words exist, but I still don't know what they mean. I think ship, though, is out of out of date it's like oh, is it? two years past now i'm not sure what the current one is but i'm pretty sure it's out <sighs> i can't keep track of this crap i have no idea what you guys are talking about yeah like because you're not on social media like uh, <laughs> like true. like um people will ship frodo and sam meaning that they want put them, them in a relationship be in a relationship oh relationship like a, got it okay oh is that what that is yes Holy sh- i never <laughs> got that <laughs> wow well, that's how I just connected that. Yes, so. that's great. The ship from relationship. Uh, <laughs> I hate youths. <laughs> uh, Get off our lawn. Exactly. Leave our language alone. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. Good relationship. And then I, I appreciated the uh, the fact that in the final power circle of power. Um, nice. <laughs> thank you. Very nice. Uh, you have all of the members of Captain Planet's group, you know, <laughs> coming in and, and they're, sure. they're touching Kirok and holding on and, and putting there. And then they have the, the... Oh, how Guardians of the Galaxy was that? Oh, Super Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you have Then you have the Beast that comes by and free willies the whole thing. It just... <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> is that? But I appreciated the fact that they brought Aline over and put she put her hand in uh, into the group as well, which allowed her to have some effect on the creation of the world around mm, and the right. fixing. So they have the flowers every there. They're little details, but it feeds into the power of the personality of that character and in the value of the relationship she had with Kylar and the rest of the people around her. I to me for a character who I I appreciated but didn't care a ton about in Aline, Aline. it was a really nice way to make me at the end of the series go. Yes, she's more than just Kylar's motivation. There's more to her than that. All right. So that's the closing sequence we've got over that. We can go to Reddit questions now. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, like, like I said, the more you talked about it, the more I remembered, uh, the more that I thought, yeah, I really did like that closing sequence. Um, okay, so let's go to Reddit questions. We brought up EDOG4 in the last episode. Uh, but there were a few other questions from EDOG4 or notes uh, Edog4 says, Escalation, I thought this trilogy did a nice job of raising the stakes with each book. I think we've kind of talked about this. Extensively. How, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it did raise the stakes, sometimes a little too much in our opinion. Um, all right. Can Dor- I make a comment before we... And I don't know, maybe I just missed it. Did I miss somewhere along the line of just how big a a battle or um, like a bad guy Kali was? Like, I don't feel like we really that I remember much about. There's a lot of foreshadowing and-, and Other than the well, fact that I know she's there and she's this goddess and she's a bad person. I don't ever remember feeling like I understood the gulf of her power and what she was, what her plans were. So Kali, just as a reminder here, Kali was um, one of the, uh, the only word I can think of is wizard and that's not the right one. Uh, back when Durzo Blint first, he was uh, with yeah. Ezra and everyone else. Um, and she basically went bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's from this age of super powerful uh, wizards, because that's the the, the power I, circle of power. Yes, the power circle. Because it was power. like his girlfriend or something, or 
Like yes, yeah. The, there's the connection there. Um, uh, they she wanted them to be together. The whole thing there. Um, and man, I really wish I could go back to the section where she's talking about it and remember exactly. So, I she is this goddess because of um, some the veer. Right, she controls it's, all the veer. Yeah, it's because of that that she has this the this immense amount of power and the fact that she's able to kind of take over and control and summon all these krull and and raise the dead, basically raise the dead and everything. So I mean, super powerful. Uh, do we get a, a very clear scale as to how powerful she is? I don't think we ever do. I right. just never but, felt. I felt like I saw her plan of like ending the world or whatever. It was always like her pawns. And what, yes. like, with Nefdata and stuff, like, I felt like you kind of got their storyline, but I didn't feel like it was her plan, I guess, is what I'm, I'm, I feel like yeah, I kind sense. of missed yeah, a little bit. That, makes sense. that happens when you, when your super big baddie only shows up at the end, you know, that you get a yeah. Dormammu from Doctor Strange <laughs> where, great bad guy, good to see you for the two minutes you're here, because I, I don't know what you were doing otherwise, okay. your minions have been in every other part of this. Somebody okay. knew what you were talking about. Stephanie probably knew what you were talking about. Hey, if you saw Doctor Strange, you know who Dormammu, Dormammu oh, oh, is. Oh, Doctor Strange. I thought you said Doctor Who. No. <laughs> Just a, oh, oh, yeah, okay. All right, you know I the big you. purple face that was yeah. also played by Benedict Cumberbatch? Was it really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. He voiced it with another actor, so they just blended the voices. Oh, fun. There you go. There you go. Fun fact. Um, it would be cool if we go yeah. on. Okay. Continue um, with the again, E-Dog 4. Loved the way Solon blasted through his cell and finally got to flex his powers. Well, this is yet another example in my mind of, uh, yes, it was a great scene. Like, Solon's scenes were were good. The wedding scene where he blasts out <laughs> of the cell. The idea of him becoming the, you know, whatever, the raider of the high seas and he goes yeah. and takes over an entire country. They're all great. I was just struggling as I was reading the book. I was struggling to figure out why are we here? Why are we doing this? Because he needed to get the ruby. And it was literally, to to the sword. literally to get a ruby to put in a sword. Yeah. Um, and so, so I felt a little bit like it was, it was a whole lot of awesomeness for almost nothing. But he then rips into the back of the tent and just like palms the ruby to, oh, what was his name? Um, Lantano Garawashi, yeah, so he could greatest put it name in, in the book. So he could put it in the sword, yeah, yeah. like, and that's that's his point, and yeah, he's yeah. no longer needed in this book. Got it? Yeah, and so that's and it's another one where it's like, okay, look, Brent, if you want to write some spinoffs, I'd love a Solon spinoff. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. You know, I I would be into that. It's just uh, all, all the main characters in this. It's kind of like Friends. You don't know who this show's really about anymore. <laughs> you just, <laughs> Um, okay, last one. What was the wolf talking about? Not uh, last one from Edog Four. What was the wolf talking about at the end? He mentioned a greater evil still to come, or something. Is this a sequel setup, or just a general comment on the nature of humanity? Well, um, I can tell you both, probably. I mean, yes, yeah, that there's always that nature of humanity thing where um, you always have to go back and scour the Shire. There's always mm -hmm. you're never going to eradicate evil. There's always work to be done. Um, also, yeah, there's going to be a sequel. Yeah, I. You can go read. I'm pretty. I think it's on his website. He's got a frequently asked questions and in, uh, in subsections you can go in there. And he's written and, and said that he would like to come back to Mid Cryu um, and write more, but uh, that he wasn't sure if he would do so with Kylar or not. He like whether Kylar's story is done. Um, and then he edits it a little bit later. Say I, I've thought of some more things I could do with Kylar, but I, I yeah. would expect this to jump forward. 
if I think if he is wise, he will jump forward and take elements with him, but not characters. Ex, you know, not even Kylar. Kylar could make could be a cameo. Could but he I would be? Not, a, could he be a Durzo or something? Find out what happens with the twins and whatnot. Now that. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. You know, he can Luke and Leia the twins. J- Jason and, and Jaina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do that. I, I wouldn't expect Kylar to be your point of view character in right. the sequel. Um. Okay. So yeah, kind of maybe like a Mistborn situation. Yeah. yeah. Wax and Wayne. Kylar is like a, a legend, um, from the the mists of the past, so yeah. to speak. Uh. Okay. So let's uh. Mitkivis. I this person reminded me. Told me how to pronounce this and. I literally, I wanted so little to know how to pronounce that name that I blocked it. I did not remember <laughs> how to pronounce it. I think it was Mitt Keebs, but I would just uh, go that with sounds Mitt. right. That so. sounds, I don't care. Uh, so, uh, this, this comment was honestly mostly about what we've been beating to death as far as the pacing of the book. So I hope we have satisfactorily answered your question there. The soul, the soul as in your soul, the solution says what do you think of Vi's finished character arc after regarding the uh, after reading the epilogue uh, regarding her desire to protect Kylar and Aline's son I think we've talked about Vi a little bit so uh, I think we're good there yeah. um, thoughts on the relationship between Kylar and Logan especially concerning their stubbornness to do what they believed was right forcing Logan to torture and execute Kylar is there anything else about Logan and Kylar's relationship that we want to talk about the only thing I would probably throw on this one to highlight this I don't know that there's a better moment to highlight their stubbornness in their own train of thought than the moment that Kylar uh, and um, Logan face each other uh, and he says, Logan, I think he's, I remember the exact phrase and I wish I had the quote here. Logan, do you know, uh, if you want to know how much I love you or how much I care, whatever, uh, this, like, this is it. And then he kills the queen. Mm. Oh, Uh, right, right. Like he does that because he knows like you will be a better king and I know you're going to have to kill him like to execute me. I know all these things, but I'm still going to do it because you matter that much. And then Logan, it forces Logan to make a choice. And then he even hedges on it a little bit while uh, Kylar is in prison because there are three contracts out on Kylar. One to kill him in prison, uh, one to free him. And I, I think there was two to kill him and one to free him. Yeah. I think is what it was. And the one was... Uh, um, Logan had hired, Logan had hired someone. to do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, convoluted boy says no question, but Stephanie has been great. Look, <laughs> thank you. We get it. You all like her more than us. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sisk- you keep asking, I'll keep coming back. So, Siska <laughs> Kukuri. Uh, from Ryan's Roughnecks, I ought, I ought to start labeling them by their uh, their faction. I think there's well. like two of us. <laughs> Honestly, there are two of them who have picked Ryan's Roughnecks. So thanks, mom. Um, yeah, I as doubt the, she's as actually you're, one of them. As though your mom were on Reddit. I love it. Um, let's see. Looks like my question about Dorian and the Vero is asked already. How do you feel about Durzo Blint's ending? Also, what do you think is happening with the wood and the wolf? I think we talked about the wood and the wolf enough in the last episode probably. Um, but how do we feel about Durzo Blint's ending? Um, what was Durzo Blint's ending? What happened to that guy anyway? He ended up, he got to have a life with Mama K. Right. Yeah, that was, that was his finish. That's kind of a, <laughs> kind of a ride off into the sunset. I really hope I'm right about that because otherwise we're <laughs> really screwed. But that was the thing, like that was his reason for not wanting to go and do uh, the more dangerous things and the fact that, that 
when he went to face Kali, knowing that he didn't have another opportunity, like this was it, but he had an opportunity to life. Um, it's, you know, to to match some, you know, contemporary piece, like it's kind of the Tony Stark thing where he got to have a life with Pepper in Endgame right. type thing. Um, this is similar. Like Durzo Blint is getting the life he couldn't have because of who he was before. Yeah. So. Okay. And how do you feel about this? Yeah, I good po- <laughs> positively. I, I honestly, Dur- you had two choices with Durzo: kill him or let him be happy. Like those were the two options, in my opinion. As long as you went with one of those two, I, it was fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephanie, any thoughts on that? My little romantic heart is happy that he got to be happy. So. Oh. Yeah. That's so nice. Man, if, if he's dead, I'm. A- <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I sure hope I got that right. Uh, okay, well, the last, gosh, where are we in our recording? Eh, we still got a few minutes if we want, but uh, um, I will move on to this one. Soup Nation 11 says, are you guys planning on covering the Lightbringer series? I started it because I thought that's what you guys were doing, LOL. But it's really good, though, so no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. No regrets. Yeah. No regrets. Uh, yes, we are going to do Lightbringer. Not next, but we are going to do it. Uh, I think we're going we're to. We're planning pack- on this year. Yeah, because the uh, the blinding white, the bl- no, yeah, that sounds the, right. The blinding white, it's the something white, because there's the blinding knife. Oh, the blinding knife. Oh, sorry, shoot. the burning white. The burning white. Thank you. Um, the bee white uh, <laughs> is the final book in the series, and that comes out. I believe the release date was just posted on Twitter this last uh, week, and I think it's October twenty second of this year uh, that it's supposed to come out. No, 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 Ryan, that was that was three weeks ago. Uh, see, we're recording this. Fresh. <laughs> we we always record oh, these the right. day that we release them. Right. Of You're, course. People are practically listening to this live. Didn't you know that? Uh, yes, I I totally forgot. It. Um, I believe that the release date is set for you can pre-order it for October twenty second or somewhere in that vicinity. Yeah, yeah. So around that time is when we will pick up Lightbringer and and do that series. If we can do it where we coincide and get to that on the on the where when it comes out, we're there. You know, that would be nice, but we can't, I won't guarantee that by any yeah, stretch of the imagination. I, I think um, it, it was nice when Oathbringer came out. It was nice that we were able to do a, a pre-release read. And, I'm just and, saying if we can get an art copy of that, <laughs> I would be super happy. That'd be great. Um, but if we're, yeah, I we're not the kind of podcast that is chasing the, the latest releases uh, constantly. So if we don't get to it right away, frankly, that just gives you all a chance to read it before we dive into it so yeah but we'll um, move pretty quick through that series it's it's a it's a good read yeah so uh yeah we are looking forward to that okay so any further thoughts on uh on night angel or this book in particular or the series generally um i want to just put a quick plug or talk for a moment here about uh there is a fourth book it's a novella um called perfect shadow which uh you can read it's it goes back to durzo blint's story before he's durzo blint uh, you get to see him. I believe uh, he's becoming Galen Starfire at the time. Um, so you get to see more of him and his history, his first run-in with Mama Kay, things like that. It's uh, Once you finish this series, if you want a quick read, it's a great one to step into uh, to get nostalgic about Night Angel and to get uh, back into the storyline of a character that you probably liked. And like, didn't get enough of. Yeah. Um, in this, uh, So I would recommend it. Um, we, I don't think we're not going to uh, do a podcast on that one yet. Uh, but I but would definitely maybe we could do something like we did with New Spring, where it was like a year later, year and a half yeah, later, and we're like, yeah, hey, let's let's it. dive back in. 
But yeah, so that's, I would just throw that out there. If if you enjoyed this series, hop in there really quick. It, you can read it in a, in a couple hours. Cool. Um, Stephanie, I'm really interested to hear your final thoughts on the series generally, just because I know that there were aspects of this <laughs> that you were just not the biggest fan of. Uh, but but overall, is it something that you would recommend, and who would you recommend it to? So, so overall, I I enjoyed reading these books. I didn't. I don't regret reading them. There's nothing about them that I feel like I was completely turned off. I did struggle with book two the most, and I struggled wanting to pick up book three. And I have a a feeling that if it wasn't for the podcast and planning on talking about book three, I don't know if I would have ever read it because I was so turned off by book two that. I just, I struggled caring enough to pick up book three and it took me a long time to pick up book three and, and get into it, but I enjoyed it. Um, Ask us about Royal Assassin sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As far as recommending this book, I have a hard time thinking of anyone I know that I would say, yes, you should go out and read this. Admittedly, we run in very, yeah, I run in a very conservative conservative, um, area. Well, not Yes. Your yes, your, your circles are <clears throat> yeah, certainly your familial circles. <laughs> yes, definitely. You wouldn't hand this to your mom or dad or <laughs> No. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> absolutely not. Um so it, and that's just Let me throw this to you. Me. Would you be okay with our son reading this in 10 years? No. 10 years? That uh, puts him at 15. Yeah. No. I was going to say 20 years maybe. <laughs> um speaking of conservative circles, I feel like you said that with a small C, uh, but let me just let me just uh, okay. let me just give, put a big C on that one because there's a moment in this book. Um, it's in uh, let's see, it's in chapter sixty, and uh, Kylar and Durzo are having a conversation, and Durzo is explaining how he finally realized that Kylar cared about him, and you know that there was a relationship developing between the two of them. And he says, uh, uh, let's see, but then there you were in the tower, standing athwart fate and crying no. And to a very select sort of person, this really jumps out. Really, really. Uh, And I had to look it up. Um, Brent Weeks graduated from Hillsdale College. Now this is a, a conservative little college. I think it's on the East Coast somewhere. I can't I can't remember what state it's in. Uh, but it's a conservative little college. Um, and I, I don't have any thing to say on whether it's a good college or not. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but I had to look it up because that line is almost straight out of William F. Buckley Jr., the founder of National Review. In the inaugural edition, uh, the inaugural um, National Review magazine, they kind of made their statement of what conservatism is in the United States and all this stuff. This is back in the 50s. And there's a quote in there that uh, we we stand athwart history yelling stop. Um, and so, and that's just one of those things that's buried <laughs> in my memory banks. So, like, I just know that little quote. And so when I read... <laughs> That Kylar was standing athwart yelling no. It's like, okay, that is, that there is no way that is not a William F. Buckley Jr. homage. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, I would be, I w- here's what, if I could go from now and have dinner with Brent Weeks from here, I would want to ask him that question. I did. You did? I did. Oh. Um, what did he say? He was cagey. Oh. 
he was a little cagey on that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was, I, I, I couldn't help it. There were a lot of things I could have brought up. That was just one of those ones where I was like, that, that you was, led with that, didn't you? I did. I did. I did. Um, anyway, so there you go. There's your, there's your big C conservative thing for the day. You into the workings of Craig's mind. <laughs> uh, I, I like Buckley. What can I say? He's a heck of a writer. I don't know why that must be getting late or something. That just totally registered different on my head. <laughs> I like big Buckley and I can't. Okay. We need to end we're this podcast. We're, we're we need to end this we're soon. Done. Thanks for listening. Patreon.com slash legendary to support the show, the legendarympodcast.com, where you can sign up for the newsletter, get Kyle's Cosmere Quest in your news inbox email every week, and buy our merchandise and thelegendarium.reddit.com is where you can join the conversation. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with... uh, We're doing The Hobbit next. So I hope you look forward to that. We will see you then. He was going south very quick. <laughs> when Vi walks in with an itty bitty waist in the Yeah, yeah, I got that. Oh, you did? <laughs> You're welcome. Great, you can open with that right there. <laughs>